This episode contains subject matter that may be triggering or upsetting for some listeners. More details, including timestamps, are located in the description. Stay safe. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye. No, we have to say our names. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Allie. No, Allie. Not yet. (laughs) Are you okay? No. Do you need a moment? Just tell me when to go. I'll cue you. I'll say my name first, and then you can say your name, and then I'll do all the work. Okay. I feel bad. I want to be a. I want to be helpful. You will be. Okay. And you're funny, which is helpful. Thank you. Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! All right. You had me at. Hell no. Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, This is our podcast where we talk about romance movies because we love them, but why? But do we? And we do. I mean, for me, it's 50-50, but we want to talk about why we are so well-versed in a genre that hates us. Yeah. Um, And for two people who do not like romance, we have seen a shocking amount of romance movies. Um, Allie, what do you normally like to watch? Ooh, I like an action movie to relax, especially a heist. If there's a heist going on, talk to me. Mm. How about you, Melanie? What do you like to watch? Spooky shit. Yeah. You like to be uh, scared. I do, and not like... How do you say scared in French? Uh, Peur. What? P-E-U-R. I, I'm scared fucking as, language. You ask. I'm, I'm over scared it. as j'ai peur. I have a fear. J'ai peur? J'ai and that's, I'm peur. scared in French? Yep. That's, that's fucking language. <laughs> yeah, totally. They were in charge of a bunch of shit for a while. <laughs> you Running know, around I'm going j'ai peur. Okay, says you. Wait, is that who's responsible to did? fear? That was offensive. What it I wasn't. Just said. It's fine. And also, um, I think it's funny that you say that, Allie, because your fear response is to hysterically laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared right now. But je n'ai peur right now. But <laughs> you were um, close. Je n'ai peur or je n'ai pas. I haven't spoken French in many years. Let's call Je... Vincent Cassell. Get him in here. Vincent. Tell him we're scared, but we were mostly scared. Comment dit-on? I'm scared. Um, it's Je n'ai pas peur. Je n'ai pas peur. Great job. This is not what the episode is about. Um, uh, but... Today is our is the second installment of our theme for October, which I'm super psyched about. Yes. Spooky romance. Spooky romance. Spook. Yeah. Le spook. Le, le scared. <laughs> oui, oui. Bien sûr. Um, yeah, all for, throughout October, we're going to be watching uh, romance films that are scary. A Previously, spooky, we have spooktastic done... scary shit that yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. And this is my wheelhouse mm-hmm. as well. So I'm really excited. But today's film uh-huh. is Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Starring Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. Also Ann Archer. And Anne, I always forget about her. Sorry, mm-hmm. Anne. Hope you're doing well. She's doing great. And if you're listening, I'm sorry I forgot you. She's fine. I, I Guess what? She forgot you. <laughs> great no offense taken um, i'm very forgettable well well we you're not babe you're memorable to ann archer oh yeah she doesn't know who any of us are that's what i'm saying <laughs> she's busy <laughs> um anyway well i like action and melanie likes spooky things um we have someone with us who isn't super versed in film uh our sound engineer tiffer hi tiff hi tiff hi ali hi mel hi, hi. um now tiff just a quick guess uh, have you seen Fatal Attraction? No. Okay. Based on just the title, what you may know, what would you say this movie is about? I have 
a feeling that it's about vampires. Oh, sexy vampires. Interesting guess. Very good. That's, uh, I mean that that is like what has osmosed through pop culture to me when mm-hmm. I hear Fatal Attraction. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. And we're going to figure out if you're right in a second. This has been Tiffer's Pop Culture Osmosis. Thanks, Tiff. Thank you. Bum, 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 bum. Nope. <laughs> I don't have a great embouchure. Um, Another French word. They got there. They got me. <laughs> <laughs> they got me. Anyway, we watched Fatal Attraction. This movie, I I need to say, first of all, Tiff, love you. You are dead wrong about what this movie is about. It's okay. And it's not your fault. No. This movie, I love. It's it's one of those movies that's on, I don't know if any of you used to watch this, um, but if you're a millennial and if you were in like high school, middle school age in the mid-2000s. And your parents had like a basic cable package. Mm-hmm, there was a series on Bravo called Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Mm-hmm. Fatal Attraction is on this list. Um, I will say, I've loved spooky things my whole life, but I really got into it in high school uh-huh. after watching this series. And I've seen every single movie on the list. What? Yeah. There's a hundred. I know. I loved spooky shit. I, I spent a lot of time watching it. God. But the point is, is that Fatal Attraction is one of those movies that's fascinating, especially it was for me as a young girl, because the premise of the movie, and I'm just going to give you the basic rundown because there's a lot of stuff that Allie and I want to talk about. The basic rundown of Fatal Attraction is that Michael Douglas plays a successful attorney for a publishing house in New York City. He has a beautiful apartment. He has a daughter. He has a wife. He has a great dog. And one weekend, his wife and daughter go to the Hamptons or wherever to visit her parents, and he has an affair with Glenn Close. Mm -hmm. Like a raunchy, passionate, one-time affair. They meet at a party. While he's with his wife, they meet again because they end up working for the same people, Mm -hmm. and they just go to town on each other for like three days. Well, it's like two days. Two-ish days. Yeah. And the romance quickly turns from steamy affair to oh something is very wrong Mm -hmm. and um spoiler alerts glenn close her character just becomes increasingly more unstable more unstable begins stalking him at his work um she even goes so far as to temporarily kidnap his child Mm -hmm. it's really messed up yeah it all comes to a head at the end but this movie is so fascinating to me because it's about the reason that it's horror mm-hmm. is because it gets scarier, and Allie can attest. Oh, yes. It's I, very scary. I More than once I went, ah! <laughs> That's true. Can confirm. Yes. Um, but also, it's about, <laughs> it's from this, it's from the 1987, 1988, and it's from a time where women taking power and agency over their sexuality was scary. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of movies where women who are sexually mm self-assured are painted as villains. Uh And And this is a good example of that. Also, this is post sort of women's love of the 70s into the 80s when they were much more, there were larger parts of the workforce in a way they hadn't been before, Mm -hmm. specifically in like areas of business they hadn't been involved in before. Mm -hmm. And a lot of movies around this time were sort of responses to that. And a lot of them are like, they're fear-based a lot of times. It's like men being like, what? The th- what? what? No! Yeah. I ah! think Working Girl is a good example of Working that. Working Girl is a good one. Even like Three Men and a Baby is a response to it because it's, oh no, the women are at work. I have to be in charge of this baby? Mm-hmm. That's going to take me and my friends. We're all hunky dads. I love Three Men and a Baby. You do. I love it. Anyway, that's a different time. We're not going to be talking about Three Men and a Baby, but... no. It's on I'm Disney glad Plus. you like it. Check it out. Three Men and a Little Lady, not as good. Anyway, this is directed by Adrian Lin. A lot of his movies sort of deal with this kind of thing of like something kind of sexy, but there are consequences or it's like kind of a bad sort of sexy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he did, not only did he do Fatal Attraction, he did Flashdance, Nine and a Half Weeks, Indecent oh. Proposal, Unfaithful. <sighs> Unfaithful's another great one. He also but again, did, uh, it's it, about... Mm-hmm people's lives being ruined by a woman's sexual agency. Yeah. Um, uh, he also did Jacob's Ladder. 
Great movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Rip Elizabeth Pena. I don't know who that is. But... She's in that movie. She passed away a couple years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, he does a lot like indecent proposal where, which is less about like a woman having control over her agency. It's more like, he also did like the new, like an sort of uh, another film version of the Lolita. It's a lot of like something sexual, but there's something kind of bad to it. Ugh. Anyway, what I'm saying is the director has like experience in this type of sort of, it's not really a genre, but this type of movie. And I frankly loved this movie. It's, so good it's and it's so a very, good it goes from it's shot so well it's and the a score is beautiful good. movie Ugh. this is a well-made movie mm-hmm. um i think i said it, to you sorry but i think i said to you while we we're watching it it's like when you watch a really good movie and my brain goes oh yeah i watch a lot of shit like, <laughs> yeah, same like when stuff is very good and purposeful and deliberate and all the things all the elements of filmmaking come together really well to like very effectively tell the story when that's evident in a movie, you're like, oh, I watch a lot of garbage, don't I? Anyway. No, that's true. But that's also why I think this movie is so important and interesting to talk about. Because mm-hmm. it goes very quickly from like, ooh, sexy, steamy. Mm-hmm. Is he going to tell his wife? Is he going to keep seeing her? To, yeah. oh, Glenn Close is going to kidnap your child, murder your pet, and try to kill your wife. Yeah. It goes very, like, it takes a, a turn. It does. And honestly, the turn... The performances in this film are so nuanced and really purposeful, which is a big thing in this film, so that when the turn happens, it's kind of a twist, but you can also, once it happens, you're like, oh my God, this is the thing that needed to happen. Because the film is pushing you in that direction, because everything in it is with this singular purpose. And unfortunately, that purpose is letting you know that Glenn Close is crazy. She is deeply unwell. She is. And we talked about this when we were watching it. Uh-huh. The upsetting part is that Glenn Close's character clearly is struggling with a very intense mental illness. Yes. Does not get the help that she needs, does not get any kind of understanding necessarily. But I think a big thing in this film is that, I mean, your mental health isn't your fault, but it is your responsibility. Uh-huh. And where this film goes into kind of a gray area is when she begins stalking Michael Douglas. Yeah, that's not okay. No. Um, but before that, there, there was one thing that, that deeply offended me oh, and what? scared me, and it was the way Michael Douglas ate a bagel at oh, his business meeting. What the fuck was that? <laughs> sorry. We, sorry, I yelled. Poor Tiff. Poor, Poor Tiffer. Poor everyone who listens to this podcast. We just scream for an hour at you. Sorry. Hey, but that's Michael what they Douglas, like, babe. So, okay, Michael Douglas is oh! eating a bagel. It is sort of chopped in half, and he has it, and he's holding it vertically. Right, but it's not chopped in half like a bagel sandwich. It's like you took a bagel and ripped it in half. Yeah, and he just has a hunk of cream cheese on one end, and then he eats it he eats like it an animal from the end, like like in a. Uh, it's like it's so grody, and then he gets the whole point is so that he gets cream cheese on his nose, and she can tell him to get it, and they have like a sexy moment. In a business meeting. In a business meeting. And the meeting is about an affair because he's saying mm-hmm. they have this book that's been published and he's saying, okay, guys, if you're wanting me to go to court and defend and say that the author did not have an affair with this congressman who the book is clearly based on, I'm going to need to know the truth because if I'm lying in court, I need to know. Yeah. And basically, um, Glenn Close, her character's name is Alex, confirms Yes, she did have an affair with him, but she had an affair with a lot of other congressmen. Yeah. So it could be anybody. And and it sets the tone. They have dinner together. Mm -hmm. Because his... Because his wife and daughter... His wife, Ann Archer, and his daughter, Ellen? Ellen, yeah. um, So cute. There's like The cutest little girl with like the most 80s mullet in the world. I I mean, I... uh, Something that really, like a really great element of this movie and part of why it affects you so much when he does have an affair and when he the effects of this affair are sort of coming in and encroaching on his personal life is because you see how loving his house is. It's so regular. Like, there's such nice, intimate, sweet moments and, like, kind of everyday moments that he's sharing with his family. Absolutely. And like his little girl wearing one of his shirts to bed or like they're we helping set him up practice that he's, for a play. Yeah, we set up that he's a really involved, loving father. Mm-hmm. He and his wife are 
best friends yeah. and they love each other. Yeah. And like they have a really nice life together. Yeah. And, and so, so for him to do this within the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah. is when the affair happens. It yeah. is truly shocking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's called Fatal Attraction, so, you know, put two and two together once it happens. Yeah. But it's it's so upsetting to watch him single-handedly not only destroy his family, but destroy himself. Yeah. And also to, with his behavior and how poorly he handles it, mm-hmm. allow Alex to also destroy herself and try to annihilate his family. Yeah. Oof. And it is scary. It's very scary. And it's like- also about stalking, which... I told Allie is my favorite genre of horror because it's, it's the most shit. real. It's so scary. It's terrifying. Ugh, really upsetting. And that's why I find it so interesting because I, I, I'm interested in true crime, but I also I enjoy the fantasy of horror that it's not real and monsters don't scare me because monsters aren't real because I believe that people are the real monsters. But that aside, <laughs> stalking films are so interesting, especially in the 80s, especially when it's a woman doing it to a man. Mm-hmm. Because the story that we hear more often, at least today, is of men stalking women, mm-hmm. men texting and calling 5,000 times, men becoming aggressive. A young girl having a man hiding under her bed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when women do it today, they're you know just labeled as crazy or a stage five clinger or whatever you okay. want to call I gotta it. I got to say, I love, this isn't so much stalking, but maybe it counts. Remember the astronaut lady that wore the diaper and drove cross country? No. <sighs> Queen. Icon. <laughs> Great. I mean, not a queen. On like, unwell. I, I hope story. she's okay. I hope she got help. I hope but she like, changed that diaper. No, that was the point, girl. No, okay, because the thing she was like, I'm gonna drive to this house or whatever. I'm gonna find this guy, and then you're drive. She was like, I'm gonna drive all night. I'm wearing a diaper just like we did in space. I don't give a fuck. I've been to space. I don't care about your Earth rules. Do we know why she was trying they to They had, like, an man? affair or something, and then he went with another woman, I Okay, think. that's uh, my opinion on that. Not okay stalking. No, it was not okay. <laughs> it, was, it was stalking. Um, anyway. <laughs> the, the stalking in this movie, it's done so effectively, because essentially what happens is wife and kid are away for the weekend. He has a business meeting on Saturday. That's where he has this travesty with the bagel. Mm-hmm. That's when he and Alex have dinner. Because it's raining and, and his uh, his um, umbrella won't work. And she's like, here, let's, use my umbrella. Let's go to lunch or dinner or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it is. And, and then, then they end up, dinner. they have Ooh. crazy sex. Like Wild. we see Glenn Close's full boobies. Full boobs. And also, this is something you and I both appreciated. Glenn Close has um, a non-medically enhanced body. So yeah. it's really nice to just see like a beautiful, normal woman. But she's also like still film. a babe, oh, a fucking hottie. She's Abraham Lincoln 100%. Absolute dish. Um, but yeah, her, I mean, it was one of those where like you never, I feel like maybe I'm not watching enough I don't know, normal movies were... No, like, it's not you. We're seeing but, mostly perky, tiny boobs and Glenn Close like has... Like tits that stand up. They're always in the same position wherever the woman lies. Yeah, either they're naturally perky and God bless you we're for happy having for perky you, titties or, or they're, um, they're fake. They're positioned in a way where it's like, we're, you know what? they're always up here. They're always like that. My and nipples like, always point due south. And it's like, no, can we get some east-west representation in here, please? Right. Can we see tits that kind of go to the side or lie flat or just like normal boob? There are different kinds of boobs and I'm tired of only seeing the same kinds of boobs. I agree. And that's why it was very refreshing yes. to see Glenn Close's breasts. So Glenn Close, we salute you. We salute you. And your breasts. <laughs> Good for you, babe. You're a brave woman. Brave. She's not even that brave. She has great tits. <laughs> <laughs> You're so brave for showing your awesome body and one great tits. One of the biggest notes I have <laughs> in my notebook, I just wrote the word titty and I underlined it. <laughs> I wrote uh, about this scene. Water is the opposite of the lubricant because they go, they're on the sink. Oh, it's, and it's they, very and the sink turns on and they're like putting water on each other. And all I could think was like, don't, don't. <laughs> That's how you chafe. That's yeah. It's the opposite. It like gathers whatever moisture you already were producing and it's bad. Don't do it. Don't do it for your butt. That's why like after the shower, you put on lotion. That's more of a skincare thing as opposed to a sexual thing, but it's still. But either way, it was weird, and it's it's very, it's got that like eighties like gritty, 
raw, oh, for lack so of a better 80s. word, sex was... scene where like they're doing it on the in the kitchen on the counter, and he's picked her up, and then he throws her on the bed, and I it's g- like whoa. I gotta tell you, if I never saw another scene where a man, I understand why they do it in movies and television where it's like we're kissing a lot and we're gonna have we're having sex, so I am lifting the woman up and carrying her to some surface or usually to the bed. I hate it. I hate it. I understand why for like film purposes because it's a good, clean, smooth way to get like to keep the action of the sexual thing going and smoothly get them into the bed and then the scene will end. I hate it. It's so gross. It's so tired. I say it a million times. It never happens in real life. Well, if that's what you're into, great. But it also gross because get a new thing because <laughs> romance and and sex scenes like this are so prevalent. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. As someone who doesn't have the type of body that you see all the time in movies, mm-hmm. in the past when I have dated or slept with men, when they've tried to pick me up, it's made me extremely uncomfortable. I've never had someone try to pick me up because, like, first of all, fuck, I dare you. And also... <laughs> Allie, for uh, those of us who can't see you because it's a visual medium, oh, yeah. how tall are you? I'm uh, six feet. I'm, I'm close to... I'm just under six one. Wow. I know. I know. But also, like... So, so first tall. Of all, How's the weather up there? Uh, this is a nightmare. This is not at all what I wanted. <laughs> You're tall. <laughs> I hate this. This is a nightmare. <laughs> Sorry. This is the worst. Oh, yeah. Do I play basketball? No. <laughs> I don't play volleyball. Yeah, for Ugh. anyone who ever sees a tall person... Stop um, asking what Stop sports. asking. They know they're tall. Stop asking what sports. Don't. Or like when people tell me, they're like, you're fat. I'm like, God, no! <laughs> what? I never looked in a mirror! What? <laughs> How am I going to tell my parents? <laughs> That's my favorite one. They wanted grandkids! <laughs> um, but like, first of all, I dare you. And second of all, like, just, I don't know. Maybe that's just not, it's just not my thing. Well, it's not everyone's vibe. And it plays into this idea that like, I'm going to pick you up. You're my little baby girlfriend. I'm going to fuck you because I can lift. Oh, you. that's not the vibe that I got. Oh, the vibe I got, I got is that like, what? she is a powerful, strong, independent businesswoman. Likes to be lifted. And <laughs> she likes to be manhandled in her, and have like very oh. energetic, rough sex because yeah. she's like so in control of everything in her everyday life. And that's a big trope mm-hmm. with, um, powerful women in film i feel oh it very much and so this definitely plays into that bitch in the boardroom and a beast in the bedroom whoa wait did i do that right i don't know did you a bitch in the board yeah a bitch in the boardroom and a a different kind of bitch (laughs) a board in the bit and board in the bedroom no oh no (laughs) I hope she's okay. <laughs> she's not. I'm not. The question is, am I okay? Um. Anyway, Melanie is bringing up very valid points that I keep interrupting with it's, bits. It's totally um, okay. But the point is, they have this very torrid affair, and then he goes to leave her on the second day. And, she, and the second day is where we know things are wrong, yeah. because the first night, they're like... I, the first day, they have their dinner, they have their crazy sex, then they go salsa dancing. Also, his dog is like home alone. Yeah, I kept go thinking, check go on check your dog. on the dog. Check on the dog. Like, your dog. Ugh, ugh. So then he's, the next morning, he's like trying to leave. She's like, don't go. And he's like, well, I have to take care of my dog. And she's like, well, I love dogs. And so then he and Glenn Close spend the day in the park together with his dog. No, first, he, what happens is she, le- wait, Does she, doesn't she have a freak out as he's leaving then? Too? No. Okay, never mind. No, Sorry. it's not a freak out. She's like, stay in bed with me. Do mm-hmm. more sex. Yeah. She's not doing anything scary. She's just like, oh my God, keep fucking me. <laughs> this is also during a time, I think this has been said before. I think Nick Kroll has a joke about this. And maybe it was on Big Mouth, but this is like during a time for a lot of movies. It's a series. Of, it feels almost like a series of movies where Michael Douglas... The, the thing is, Michael Douglas is too sexy for his own good. I don't get it. Women have to have sex with him. I which, don't get it. Which I don't get. But this movie was good, and I, I bought it in this movie. They had great chemistry, and I, I believed it. Yeah. I mean, but here's... If you're an astute horror watcher, mm-hmm. you know something's wrong during this scene I'm going to tell you about now. Because yes. they're running around in the park with the dog. Yeah. He pretend he like falls and pretends to like stay down. Mm-hmm. She gets 
too concerned, Mm -hmm. runs over to him, and then he's like, ha-ha, gotcha, and she goes, that's not funny. Uh My father died of a heart attack when I was seven. He dropped dead in front of me. I don't think that's a funny joke at all. I don't appreciate that. And he goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. She goes, ha-ha, just kidding, gotcha. And you're like, oh, that wasn't a lie. Uh Uh-oh. Well, Uh we find out later when he breaks into her apartment that it was the truth and that she lied about lying but then she like cooks them spaghetti or whatever for lunch and they listen to Madam Butterfly Mm -hmm. which we find out Michael Douglas fucking loves opera and so does she and they both love Madam Butterfly which Which, is an opera I'm not familiar with that's its own it's its own thing and it has its own we don't have time to get into Madam Butterfly but they're bonding over the opera and then he's kind of like okay well I have work to do I have work to do I gotta go um and she brings up a valid point then she's like oh so you're just gonna like fuck me and leave me like Mm -hmm. is that that's what this is you don't even care about me at all and he goes, and I think this is kind of legitimate because she knows he's married. She met his wife yeah. at the party. And she even says it when she's offering to let's go have sex. She's like, you're married, but you're done here. Like, I know you're married. Do you want to just go have sex? She propositions him. Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, says, I thought that it was understood yeah. that this was a one time thing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, why would that be understood? And he says, because I'm married. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not saying that it's right. Mm-hmm. Cheating actually makes me very upset. Yeah. But but cheating, it's something that it's important to remember. Um, people who cheat aren't always bad people. And um, being unfaithful in a relationship is often a sign either that you have problems in your relationship that you haven't dealt with or problems with yourself that you haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas clearly isn't happy with himself because he's fallen into routine. Yeah. And he wants some spice, and he thinks that having sex with someone outside his marriage will make him feel better, but in reality, it actually makes him feel worse. Oh, he, yeah. And it just spirals out of control. And when he tries to leave Glenn close... Uh, and this is going to be a trigger warning. Mm-hmm. This is a really upsetting scene that we're going to talk yeah, about. So if like suicide or self-harm is something that triggers you, tune out now. Yeah. Um, you can refer to the description mm-hmm. for the timestamps of when to tune back in. But mm-hmm. it's at this moment where he's going to leave and she has cut her wrists with a steak knife. Yeah. And she's cut them horizontally, so not necessarily in the way... That would actually kill you. But still not... Uh, not good. It could still be effective as a way to kill yourself. And right. he puts them under the faucet, which... Yeah, he wrong, freaks out. He freaks out because... Wrong what, way to do that. The way that the she... water will... Ugh, it's it's not good. You shouldn't pour bad. water over open wounds like no, that. No, no. Um, you should put pressure on them and call an ambulance or get them to yeah. the hospital. He doesn't do that. He just wraps them up and lays there with her. Yes, because he doesn't want anyone to know that he had an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you never would anticipate that something like this would happen, but also, you know, you make your bed, you're going to lie in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're seeing here from Glenn Close is that her character is not only unstable mm-hmm. in, a, in certain ways, but also manipulative yes. because she self-harms to keep him there with her. Yes. And um, that's the specific tone of the film. Yeah. People who self-harm have a lot of reasons for doing it, yeah. and that's not the case in this movie yeah. specifically. So please, you know, don't think that we're trying to shame anyone for no. their experiences. But in this particular film, it's played as a tactic yeah and that's why it's also doubly upsetting for us watching it today because you know you want to help this person Mm. but also they're being shown as being evil yeah it's incredibly manipulative and because most of the time uh most of the time people who self-harm or have suicidal uh ideation or take some kind of suicidal action it it's always in a way where it's like Okay, how will what can I how where can I do this? How can I do this in a way that I won't be stopped? Mm-hmm. So to cut your wrists in front of someone is not uh, typically a way that that would happen necessarily. And again, like I am not a doctor, but this is just based on what I know and also like from personal stuff. If you're going to do something like most of the mm-hmm. time, if someone has some kind of suicidal ideation. Or some, most of the time, if someone has some kind of mental health issue, it, they go inward. It's They're more of a danger to themselves than the outside world. Right. Um, and that's where this movie takes a left turn at yeah. 
it's very upsetting to watch this. Mm-hmm. She's doing it as a, a tactic. So then, you know, we're meant to believe a week or so later she shows up at his law office. Yeah. She looks great. She's got like big, oh my God. curly blonde the 80s hair. Looks in She's this. wearing a huge leather trench oh coat with God, her tiny little waist. Oh my God, she looks incredible. Lavender eyeshadow. Oh, oh, she so looks good. incredible. The looks in this movie are insane. It's very much Everyone, Ali's wheelhouse. It's very much my aesthetic that like late 80s powerful bitch, big shoulder pads and like Ann Archer also has that big 80s hair where it was like it's just big it's just out it's, it's frizzy gorgeous it looks everyone gorgeous. in this movie is the best they've ever volume. looked volume she shows she up shows in the up. law office with this big like leather jacket looking hot as shit bitch and she's like hey the, I mean um, the first time I saw this movie which was in high school oh I, was, I, I did a significant portion of my horror education in high school oh I hadn't seen this until we watched it together for this podcast well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, but when I first saw it, I was like, oh, no, she's naked under the trench coat. She's going to try and fuck him in his office. That does not happen. That would be, that'd be like if this movie was made in 2000, 2005. Yeah. The, uh, or if Kim Basinger had the part. Um, but Love she goes it. to the office and she apologizes. She goes, she says, hey, I'm really sorry for how I behaved and what I put you through. I was going through a hard time. I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, honestly, he's not mean to her he's like well i'm glad you're okay i'm sorry that it happened too and she goes as a peace offering i got two tickets to see madam butterfly and i was wondering if you would come with me Uh and he very politely and kindly turns her down he was like that's really nice of you i don't think that's a good idea yeah because uh the subtext is because i should not have slept with you and i feel guilty about it and i don't want anyone to know yeah um, and she's and, like, oh, well, okay, and she's totally know. chill about it. Let me know. Right. She's like, okay, no worries. Let me know. And then like the next thing we see is like her sitting by her phone waiting. And, like, and she turning keeps... the lamp on and off, mm-hmm. on and off in this very rhythmic. And she's just sad and she's blasting Madam Butterfly. And it's, yeah. oof, it's, it's, and it cuts between that and then him at home trying to like, Help his daughter prepare for a school Live play. his life yeah. and be okay in his And home. his daughter's six, by the way. Darling. Adorable. Cutest little mullet I ever saw. Oh, my God. Um, but then what ends up happening is she keeps calling his office mm-hmm. and calling his office and keeps calling and calling. And his receptionist is like, she called for you again. Yeah. And so it just devolves from there. And he speaks to her on the phone once at work. He's like, "I please stop calling me. Yeah. And she's... She won't stop trying to contact him. And then she keeps, then she finds his home number. She calls him at home. Mm -hmm. And this film does a really, really good job of setting up every time a phone rings in this movie, Mm -hmm. you feel Michael Douglas's, you feel his stomach drop. Yeah, because the the audience, this film builds and sustains tension beautifully. Really, you could, if if someone tapped me on the shoulder while Mm -hmm. watching this movie, I would jump. Yeah, it's so good. And and it's so, there's a great scene where they have people over and they're laughing. And he's still maintaining kind of a conversation and laughing with his guest. But the phone is ringing and it just is him looking over at the phone like, he knows it's her and his wife picks up the phone and and glenn close hangs up mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to talk to the wife she wants to talk to michael douglas mm-hmm. um and so they finally meet and he's like you need to leave me alone mm-hmm. stop calling me don't call me at my house stay away from my family mm-hmm. and then she drops the biggest bomb and says i'm pregnant mm-hmm. and it's yours yeah and i think it's too early to tell well, I think we're meant to believe, I agree with you, but I also think we're meant to believe that weeks have elapsed. Okay. Possibly a month or two. Okay. That I'm not so sure about. But she basically, she's very, like, from here on out, her character is just, you know, manipulative and not good. Mm-hmm. And she essentially says, well, this is when she says Allie's favorite line of the movie, I will not be ignored, Daniel. I'm not going to be ignored. Daniel. God, the way she says it is so good. It's so good. But essentially, she says, I want you to like man up and accept your responsibility in this child's life. And he says, I don't want to. Yeah. I didn't want that. Well, because initially, when she tells him she's pregnant, he kind of freaks out and he's like, Are you sure it's mine? And she's like, Yeah, because I don't sleep around, which is like, That's not the issue here. And then but, he offers her an abortion. Yeah, he's like, Don't worry. I'll pay for I'll it. I'll pay for I'll an abortion. And, and she, goes, she goes, I don't want an abortion. Yeah. 
I want like, this child. And he's like, fuck? oh, no. And and so but first she tells him, I want this child, whether you're going to be involved or not. I just hoped you would be involved. And he says, sorry to disappoint. I don't want to be involved. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it devolves further into her saying, I want you to be involved. Like, I want a life with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having a baby. We're together. having a baby together. Isn't it great? I have a little piece of you inside of me. Oh, that line was so scary. It's terrifying. Oh, but uh and he changes his number. He changes his phone number so she can't call him anymore. Yes, and we have a scene of her freaking out trying to dial the number and the operator says it's disconnected. Yeah. Um, and she says, I need that number. It's an emergency. And like clearly the operator's like, I can't give it to you. And she says, well, fuck you! And like hangs up and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. And it's, so what's also happening is that during this time, um, he is buying a house kind of like in the country kind of like suburbs. in Connecticut or something. like shit. suburbs uh, he, New Jersey whatever New, outside of New York City outside basically. of New York City with his wife and they buy this new house and they're so they're going to try to sell their apartment and he shows up one day and Glenn Close is in the uh, in the room talking to his wife posing as a potential buyer for their truly apartment. a terrifying scene and they're he's trying to pretend he doesn't know her and, and she's, she's and she pretending being like don't I know you we've met before right right and it's Honestly, it's really scary because Ann Archer is being like a really gracious host. She's like, oh, Alex is going to have a baby. Uh She's looking for the apartment. Wouldn't it be great if she bought it? And the whole time she's just, Glenn Close is making eye contact with Michael Douglas and she's not breaking eye contact. And the way they do her makeup is that it's kind of smudgy and it makes her eyes look really it makes them pop. Dawning. And it makes them look really deep set. So Mm -hmm. it kind of enhances the crazy a little bit. Gorgeous. It's honestly, it's so scary. But can you imagine... Can Sorry. like think about how fucking scary that would be mm-hmm. is someone who's like slowly you feel trying to ruin your life. Yeah. And then you come home to your safe space and you find out they're there. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. And and you can't really communicate to he can't communicate to his wife. Like, no, because no, then no, no, he'd no, no, have no. to admit to the affair. Yeah. And like what a big thing that happens is um, she's like, I think I want this apartment. And the wife go and Archer's like, oh, here's our number. And you can feel both you as the audience is like, no, no, no. And you could feel Michael Douglas like, fuck, <laughs> like, right. shit. Yeah. And, and Glenn Close kind of smiles at him as she is receiving the phone number. Yeah. And it's a knowing smile. Like, haha, I got your number. I got your number. You won't ignore me anymore. And uh, it's terrifying. So <laughs> it very quickly, he's like, we're not staying in the apartment. He's like, I want to, they move into the new house. And they you know, just like, God, house. he really wanted to move into the new house. I can't imagine why. Because <laughs> like, he cheated on you, Anne. Cheated on you, Anne. Um, and well, I mean, you know, he cheated on you and is being tormented by the woman that he slept with. Very much. Uh, and so the he questions her the validity of her pregnancy and mm-hmm. she's like, Well, here's my gynecologist number, you can call him. The gynecologist is like, Yeah, congratulations. Which I okay. What? That wouldn't happen. You can't give away medical and uh, Well, I mean, unless she signs some sort of HIPAA release or something. But also we're meant to believe that the pregnancy is legitimate. Yeah. And then he tells his friend, his work buddy, because he doesn't do family while his work friend, mm-hmm. who is the uh, uncle from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uncle no, Honey, Gordon. We Shrunk Ourselves. Sorry. Uncle Gordon from Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so he admits to the whole thing, tells his friend, and his friend's like, oh my God, I, I, you don't have a case against this person. Yeah. Because also as the movie goes on, even though she is clearly tormenting him, every kind of step he takes, if you were to, like it's the wrong step. He, it's the wrong step. Also, in a court of like, everything is sort of set up. So if he were to go to someone about this, he's the one clearly in trouble. It's like, okay, well, you cheated on your wife. Okay, you went to her apartment. Okay, you did that. Like, it's all stuff. He breaks like, into her apartment at one point. Yeah. Um, and he also... He goes to the police at one point, and they're like, "We can't really do anything." Yeah, like, I think it's his one of his buddies who's a cop, and he is, and he's like. We can't do anything. We can talk to her, but we can't hold her. Yeah. We have zero suspicion. We have zero evidence or anything. Yeah. And this is also during a time when there were no stalking laws. There were no laws preventing mm-hmm. stalking. And unfortunately, in every state in the United States, mm-hmm. those laws vary. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, in most cases with stalking in the U.S., what ends up happening is you don't have a case against someone until they have assaulted you harmed you or threatened to harm you how great and especially in the state of arizona too like if you assault includes Mm -hmm. legally 
in the U.S., assault includes the threat of assault. Okay. It's making you feel physically unsafe or physically harming you. So if someone assaults you, that includes threatening you <laughs> in writing. So you can get an order of protection or a restraining order. Um, those don't really do much. Yeah. Because in order to bring that person in, they have to violate the order, which means potentially harming you and your family. Yeah. Um, and in this movie, that is not the context at all. There are no laws preventing this. Mm-hmm. If someone calls you 50 times a day, there's nothing you can do to prevent them from calling you except changing your number. Yeah. So what Ali said is correct. He has set himself up and she has also set him up yeah. that if he goes to anyone about it, uh-huh. it'll look like he's hurting her. Yeah. And the whole point of her setting it up that way is because all she wants is him. Yeah. I want Michael Douglas. I want Michael Douglas's baby. I want us to have a life together. I'm in love with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And she tells him very early on that she loves him. And he's like, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, For for like two days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and listen, there are stories of people who fall in love at first sight, but generally it's not in this context. No. Because this was purely a... It's purely a sexual affair. Thank you. It's lustful. It's carnal. Mm-hmm. It's extramarital. Yeah. Um, but it's extramarital. It, He's married as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it continues on. And this is the part that made me the most upset. Another trigger warning Oof. for animal cruelty. Oh, God. We got to are some TWs in this episode. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So... The whole movie, the daughter has been wanting a bunny, and so as they're when they're moving to the house, like they're moving moving to the house, Michael Douglas brings home a bunny, and they're like, bunny! and the bunny is very cute, and they keep it in a little thing in, in the backyard, like a little bunny cage, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, a little bunny house. Or bunny whatever. house, and um, the Ann Archer is like comes in one day, and on the stove is like a boiling kind of pot, and. As she is moving closer to the pot, the uh, it's cutting between that and the daughter going to the bunny cage. And right as the daughter's like, "Mommy, bunny is in here," um, we see the bunny it's in the been pot. Cut. It's like throat. It's, it's is throat cut. has been slit uh-huh. and p- boiled for who knows how long. And we know that Glenn Close yes, did it. Yeah. We and, know she. We know she did it. Yeah, and they're horrified because the she girl. already has like watched them be a happy family at Mm -hmm. night and so she did this now she's trying to hurt michael douglas's family yes and she does this to hurt them and alienate him so Mm -hmm. that he has no choice but to go back to her yes and it's horrible and so after this has happened and i think they like did they talk to the police i don't know they had a really rough time they did call the police they called the police and after the police leave and they're like put their daughter to bed um and archer was like god i can't like this is so horrible. And he's like, honey, I think I know who did that. I know who did this. And she's like, okay, well, who? And so then he tells her of the affair. It's really, really and upsetting. It and they have a and huge so fight about and it. So and so real. And their daughter sees them fight about it, too. Ugh. This poor little girl. And they're scre- like, screaming and at each other. Screaming at each other. And it's so, oh, it's so like well done and heartbreaking. And she kicks Michael Douglas out of the out of the house, mm-hmm. and he is staying in a hotel mm-hmm. in the city. And he, but he still calls every day. Like there's this really sad but sweet scene where like Ann Archer is doing something in the house, and the little girl goes to get the phone and is talking to him on the phone, and is like, "Daddy, when are you? I miss you." And he's like, "I miss you too." And you could tell how much he really loves and misses his daughter and his mm-hmm. wife. Quality acting, and um, it's just so sad. And, it is and as he is. Oh, no. Uh, okay, sorry. Before the bunny. Oh, right. This is, is how she finds his out. Car. This is how she finds out where he lives because mm-hmm. he's bringing the bunny home to surprise his daughter. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we forgot this. And so he's going into the parking garage to get his car to go drive home and his car is destroyed. Yeah. And we see Glenn Close watching him. We know it was her. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes to the car rental agency and she also leaves. This is when she leaves him the tape. Oh, yes. And it says, play me alone. Yeah. And so he's driving in his rental car and she has followed him. Mm-hmm. So he's listening to this really, really fucked up recording that yeah, she made this is when she's like, there's a little piece of me. There's a little piece of you inside me yeah. and we're going to be together and I love you and blah, blah, blah. And, and your then family's gets, ruining she, it for she's us. She's getting angrier and angrier at him. She's just, it's just, 
so unsettling and he's driving and she's following him and that's how she finds out where he lives and, and that's, that's how she, how she knows where to go to hurt the rabbit. Anyway, after she has, after he's out of the house, Ann Archer goes to pick up their daughter and Ugh. this is so, this, was, this uh, made the me scariest part. Horrifying. 100%. This upset me. Um, she, the, one of the teachers is like, oh, I forget something, you know. And uh, she's like, what do you mean? I'm here to pick up my daughter. And she's like, what do you mean you're here to pick up your daughter? Which really bothered me because, like, I don't know and it, how They don't lax, even look alike. They don't even look alike. No, I don't know how lax schools were in 1987, but I'm pretty sure teachers, like, knew the parents of the children. Yeah. Um, and Ann Archer and Glenn Close look very different. Yeah. And so, essentially, what happens is Ann Archer's freaking out. Her daughter is missing. Someone yeah. has taken her daughter. And she's just driving terrified. Frantically driving around town trying Paranoid. to find her daughter. And this is interspersed with... Glenn Close, Very like on the pier way. at an amusement park with the daughter yeah, going totally on a roller calm. coaster. And this daughter, like she's scared of the roller coaster, but she doesn't understand that this is a bad person. Yeah. She's kind of just like, oh, okay. And, and, and just like, I, we argue, we talked about stranger danger as well. Uh-huh. I feel like this child is a little too young to fully understand what stranger danger is. Uh, we also, this is kind of a little bit before stranger danger stuff really came into um, yeah, but popularity she's, she's or like six. was spread as much. Right. But here's the thing: I only child single mother at like five. It was like no one touches you here. You don't leave with anyone without saying the sacred word. Secret word. Um, don't let anyone take you. Lock your door. Lock lock your car door. We had different childhoods. We did. I mean, we had I different childhoods. I was not an only child, mm-hmm. but I also my parents taught me like not to talk to strangers, mm-hmm. but also like. I feel like at six, I would have known not to, but also I don't think oh, I was mature enough to we're understand. We're not mad at the child. No. The as, child as is too young to understand yeah. that they should not be going with a strange woman who says she's friends with her dad. As much as I said all that, I also was desperate for any authoritative approval. So like adults being like, how about this? I was like, uh-huh. Like, yeah, because you're a child. Right, um, and so it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Is terrifying, and, and Ann Archer is heartbreaking. And she gets into a car accident. Mm-hmm. She rear-ends someone because she's speeding and looking around the street, trying to find her daughter. Mm-hmm. She ends up in the hospital. Um, and after she gets in this car wreck, Glenn Close drops the kid off at home and then yeah. leaves. Yeah. And then the next time we see anyone uh, from the family is Michael Douglas is at the hospital to see them. The grandparents have picked up the daughter. Everyone's okay. Ann Archer's going to be okay, but her arm is broken. Yeah. Um, and the parents obviously know what he did. Yeah. Uh, and so this is essentially the climax of the film because he's back at home helping her out, helping take care of their daughter. Uh-huh. And, you know, he is clearly apologetic about the affair. He knows he fucked up. Like, Ann Archer gives him a slight smile when he shows up at the hospital, so you're like, oh, okay. And they're, and he's sobbing. He's crying. He's upset. And, like, I get it. He knows that he hurt someone that he cares about very deeply. Mm-hmm. And he works... He, for the rest of the movie, is working really hard to make amends for that. And so then we reach the climax of the film. They put their daughter to bed. Ann Archer, Michael Douglas is like, I'm going to run you a bath. Do you want anything? And she's like... He's like, well, you could take this painkiller in a little bit, and how about I make you some tea? And she's like, I would really like that. Yeah, it's nice. And he goes, he puts the kettle on. Uh-oh. She's running herself a nice steamy bath. And guess who's here? And this this part... This is terrifying. Oh, it's so good. And it's so good. She, it's one of those <laughs> jump scares where she, uh, Ann Archer, closes the like uh, medicine cabinet mirror, mm-hmm. and... You don't see anything because it's steamy. Mm-hmm. And then she wipes the steam and Glenn Close is right there. Ah! And she has this big old snake knife. And she's kind of It's a big knife. And she's cutting crying. her own leg. Yeah. And she's like, you, you ruined it for me. And mm. I, he's mine. And, rah, rah, rah. and it, like, But yeah. she says it a lot more deliberately and terrifying it's than me really, imitating This her. is a phenomenal performance. And actually, Tiffer's oh, face right now. He is, you're, you're losing it, man. Are yeah. you good? It's it wasn't about vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not. No. I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> no. No. It's not about uh, but anyway, we go back to this like really intense uh, third act climax. Both Glenn Close and Ar- and and Anne Archer were, and Archer and Archer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> both of them were nominated for Academy Awards for this movie. Well and deserved. Well deserved. Anyway, 
she goes to attack and Michael Douglas is downstairs and right the, as and the bath water runs over too. Yeah. So as Glenn Close is trying to murder Ann Archer, uh-huh. the water is spilling over and leaking through the ceiling and the dog is looking up like, woof, woof. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, uh, Michael Douglas, uh, something's wrong, you big dill hole. Mm-hmm. But he can't see uh, because he's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then and the, the kettle goes off, and as he lifts the kettle... As it's going off, Ann Archer is screaming for him. So he lifts the kettle off, hears Ann Archer screams, and immediately drops the kettle and runs up because he knows what's going on. He knows on. who's there, and it's Glenn Close trying to stab Ann Archer... And Ann Archer like fights back pretty well. Anyway, she they, does. She defends. She she's a fighter. She she makes sure that like she, this woman will not harm her or her family. She but goes to and and anyway, Michael Douglas gets um Glenn Close in the tub and holds her down. And is just drowning her. Yeah, drowning her. Just drowning her. It's and, very upsetting. Her eyes are open. And we, we see, her, see, we see her from her perspective, oh, which is a callback to some other older French movies that have that as what Le Mail. <laughs> no, I forget what it's called. Le roi. Well, how do you say water in French? O e a u. What? L'eau. I don't. Le water. Uh. Is this called uh? Oh. 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 <laughs> like how you see things that say eau de parfum. It means per- it smelly means, water. Yeah, essentially. That is so French. Yeah, it is. Is it's that fucking rude? French as fuck? Also, I would love to go to France. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, but aside from that, um, <laughs> the throwback, the horror throwback is that there's a French movie from the fifties or sixties where there's this woman whose husband is a really like nasty, grumpy, curmudgeonly evil schoolmaster who like tortures the children at the school Jesus. and she hatches a plot to kill him. And the last scene of the movie is that he is in a bathtub in the same way that Glenn Close is. And the spooktacular moment of that film is that he's not dead and he just sits up from the bathtub and she dies from fright from a heart attack because she thought she had killed him, but then he's alive. I I hate that. And so that's a callback to this moment because Glenn Close is not dead. We think that she's dead. And then she, you know, she shoots up up out of the bathtub with the knife in hand. And then Ann Archer comes to the rescue with a gun. Yeah. Shoots her. She's dead. Yes. And that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. That's Fatal Attraction. And it's a great movie. And um, very spooky. Really, that movie you just described was really horrible. Oh, it's messed up. I, I can see if that. I can look up the title. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Zippor. Hey, <laughs> she did it. Zippor. <laughs> you know, as much as I um, make uh, jokes about the French, it's out of you know admiration, and uh, you need to attack it. When you <laughs> wow, was that from Black Swan? <laughs> Vincent Cassel, and never see ah, lose yourself. <laughs> okay, it was Les Diaboliques. I don't like it. The diabolical. Uh, it technically means like the fiends or the devils, Oof. the diabolical ones. Jesus. Anyway, that's Fatal Attraction. I would recommend this movie. Oh. 500%. If you Very can well handle watching movies like this, definitely watch it. If you get too scared, don't bother. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, it's a very well-made film. It is. And for me, I would categorize it as horror, yeah. aka spooky, because of the way that it's framed. This mm-hmm. could easily have just been a thriller mm-hmm. where nobody really gets hurt. And people are just upset. Yeah. But for me, where it crosses into horror is the violence. Oh yeah. That's where it crosses over for me. Yeah. It's it's spooky. Um, I was gonna ask if this movie is romantic. No. 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 Is it sexy? Yes. Yeah. It kind of is. That scene where they're at dinner and she's like flirting with him. Both of us. Both well, of what? us were like clutching our pearls. I, I <laughs> turned to you and I went, "Oh my god!" Yeah. We yeah. we really are. I because like we couldn't believe Glenn Close was like. Turning it on. She was like. She really oh. was aggressive with Loved the flirting. It. Loved it. Oh. In like a white, like skirt suit, like big shoulder blades, not blades. Shoulder pads. <laughs> Glenn Close with her notoriously large shoulder blades. Stegosaurus Close. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> um, uh, the, but like. 
Um, she is mostly wearing white in this movie too. It's either it's either all white or like all black, mm-hmm. um, which is a choice and a great choice. But um, yeah, this movie is like sexy. Um, it is. It's that, hot oof, as shit. It's like sexy. It was. <sighs> I I got like nervous. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't like watching sex scenes, so I was uncomfortable. I was, which means uh, that it was an effective sex scene. Yeah, there was a lot where I was like, this is like. I, I wonder if they talked about, I mean, they had to, but I was like, I wonder what that discussion was, you know, of like, okay, the water's going to turn on and then you're just going to keep putting water on her boobs. <laughs> Which and does she's going to sound... blow you in an elevator. No. Oh, she does blow him in an elevator. I she forgot. does. Allie, would you date anyone in this movie? No. No. Um, Ann Archer's like a mom. To in this movie, well, it is a mom in this movie, and I wa- looking at her and the way she handled that child. I think because I myself was like a tiny mullet child at one point. I was you like, were. "That's me and my mom." Mm. Um, th- although none of this happened, so my opinion <laughs> at all. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wild if that was the reveal I made? Like, actually, this is my life. This was my life. Nothing. There's no other resemblance at all to my home life. Um, Thank God. How about you, Mel? Would you date anybody? Yeah, I'd probably date Uncle Gordon. What? His like chubby snarky no, lawyer friend. I mean, what? I I, I did not. date a chubby snarky lawyer, and he was uh, nice. Was he the one that was allergic to all the plants in no. Arizona? No, that was a different guy. This guy was the one <laughs> who I'm like sorry. we had a really weird encounter. Yeah, where he like I did not fully comprehend why he had invited me to his apartment because oh. I am stupid sometimes. Oh. And then it was awkward, and the next day we saw him at the street fair. Yes. And he was with another woman. Oh, no! It was fine. Um, do you believe that they can afford the apartments where they live? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, me too. I did. They're nice apartments. She um, lives in the meatpacking district in like a very hip loft, and he lives on the Upper West Side. I really liked her apartment. Upper East Side. I really liked her apartment. Her apartment was awesome. Yeah. We don't need to talk about the outfits in this film. I think we've made Loved it pretty clear. It. Everyone, everyone's dressed incredibly the whole time. Loved it. Um, um, but I have a very important question for you. Oh, and that right. question is, fuck, Mary kill. Yeah, fuck, Mary kill. All right, all right, lay it on me. Fuck, Mary kill. Got it. Are there even like three people? In I'm trying room? to think of three people. <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> There's um, really two and then other people we don't see that much. Um, we're going to do Fuck, Mary Kill. Okay. Glenn Close. Got it. Ann Archer. Oh. And Michael Douglas's receptionist. Oh. The receptionist reminds me of like my uncle's receptionist, who is this very nice older lady who was like always kind to me. So you're going to marry her or kill her? I don't want to kill her. You have to choose. I don't want to do either. I guess I'll marry her. She was very nice. She had a good job. I think we'd have kind of separate lives, but really respect each other. Mm-hmm. It'd be like an insurance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is it bad? Like, I don't want to. This is, I don't want to kill Ann Archer. Then don't. But I kind of want to fuck Glenn Close. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I worry that I'm actually very bad at this game. <laughs> You're not. It's your. It's your opinion. You can't be bad at it. I don't want to kill anybody. But you have to choose. Can I get rid of the receptionist and let her live her own life? No. It's fuck Mary kill. Okay, I want to marry the receptionist. <laughs> the problem is, I know I need to kill. Glenn Close because if we fuck she will become obsessed with me that's true so I guess I have to kill Glenn Close however I'm killing Glenn Close because I know that's the right thing to do but if I'm honest I would fuck Glenn Close okay <laughs> I, I, I think that. I would I think I would I, just I appreciate know your honesty I think I just know myself and I'm like I think I'd fuck Glenn Close yeah that's honest. okay <laughs> I think okay. I would alright <laughs> How about you? Uh, I would kill Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. Um, I've dated too many crazy guys, so mm-hmm. if I see that red flag, dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I would marry Ann Archer and I would fuck the receptionist. That's valid. That's a good one. Ann Archer and I would have a great life together. Oh, fuck. I think I should probably marry Ann Archer. I think you're right, babe. 
I mean, she's independent and strong and clearly has a supportive family. So, like, you can you can fuck her. It'll be fine. No, I'm going to fuck her. I'm going to fuck her. Yeah. This is, I know this is not important and then we're not actually going to do this, but <laughs> I don't know. There's something in my brain that's like, what is the right answer? There, that's why these are so hard, because for this cast, it's a very tight cast of yeah. people we actually interact with. Yeah. Would, so for the men, there's only really two men that we interact with at all. Michael Douglas is really the only man in the movie. And I don't think we would fuck him. To say that I did, but then not really. Wait, to say that I did? What does that mean? I would fuck Michael Douglas to get to say that I fucked Michael Douglas. Oh, I didn't. I thought you said to say that I did, blah, blah, blah. I thought you were going to say. Oh, Like no. to say that I fucked Michael Douglas would be incorrect. Well, at this time made it is. love. No, oh, God. <laughs> remember how Michael Douglas said how that he. How dare you say that phrase? Remember how Michael Douglas said that he got cancer from eating too much pussy? Because I do. <sighs> I think about it all the time. Like, what a weird I'm flex. glad he's okay. Also, very awesome and great that he survived and, like, has been in remission for a long time. Very happy for him. But, like, that's really but also cruel to wild. say in public about your spouse. So rude. He basically was like... Going down my, on my spouse gave me throat cancer. He basically Fuck was you. like... He basically was like, look, dirty pussies have brought their wrath upon me and who who's it's just Catherine's. it's been Catherine for like 20 plus years gross like excuse me i don't mean gross that it's, it's been so her. Rude. i mean gross that he would say that about his wife like that's that's a really really nasty thing to say a horrible like, thing to just say. don't say anything at all like nobody real. there are some cancers that we know why they happen and some we don't also, like, just cope all, with it in a way that doesn't hurt people. Also, I think, because I don't know, I think was like, I feel like someone was rudely being like, how'd you get it? Which, like, don't ask that. Yeah. Bitch. How'd you get cancer? I don't know. How'd your mom fuck your dad? Yeah. I, I was going to say something meaner, but then I was like, I don't want to be mean to anyone's mom. Moms have it tough, man. Yeah, they do. Um, But yeah, he said that, and that is wild to me and rude. And also, like, such a weird flex. But maybe maybe what he was trying to say is, like, look, get you a man, get yourself a man that's willing to die for the pussy. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oof. And I, on that note, on that, that was note, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> I, I really hope my father never hears this. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope. <laughs> We have to close the pod. That's it. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. Thank you for listening to You Had Me at Hell No. Please join us next week for another installment in Spooky Romance Month. Mm -hmm. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at hellnocast. And you can go to our website, hellnocast.com, or shoot us an email. What's our email address, Allie? Hellnocast at gmail.com. Yeah, we want to hear your thoughts. Be our friend. We love you. (laughs) Bye-bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous. As well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah.